Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes. And I know you're like, okay, it's Tuesday. Isn't this conversation usually on a Monday? Well, yes, it is. But you know, sometimes things don't go as they're planned, but they go exactly as they should. So we had a, a few illnesses yesterday, um, and but we are back today. So I am glad that we are going to be able to have this very powerful conversation. And you know how we start before the broadcast. I just want you to take a few minutes to share this out to your network. And you know, we like to invoke the power of three. Make sure you invite at least three friends, share it out to at least three groups, because this is a great conversation and we don't want to be talking by ourselves. So make sure that you share it out. I'm going to take a few moments and do that myself. And I am looking forward to this powerful conversation because this is the, the conversation that would not be held back. So, you know, the, the illnesses tried to keep us um, from being here tonight, but we are CEOs and we made it because again, when things don't go as planned, you just got to make it work and make sure that they go as they should. So I'm not going to take much more time. Let's just go ahead and get into it. So you may notice, uh, hopefully you don't notice, hopefully it doesn't look that obvious, but you know, I mentioned we've been battling some illnesses. I had an allergic reaction over the weekend. So uh, over the weekend, I looked like Alvin and all three chipmunks. But tonight, I think I look just like a little baby chipmunk. So if you notice, my face is a little off. That's what's going on. And you may also notice I'm slurring just a little bit because I feel like I have like uh, something over here in my cheek. My, my whole throat was swollen. But you know, I'm a CEO. I keep it moving and keep it going. And so I am here. So just in case you're wondering, no, I have not been dipping in the wine. As a matter of fact, my favorite beverage for this evening is water. I started to get some red wine, but I didn't want to to chance it. I'm like, you know, I'm already having enough difficulty speaking as it is. Earlier today, I sound like Miss Bernice from the Ricky Smiley show, but at least now <laughs> I at least sound like Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes. So without any further ado, let us get this conversation started. And of course, you know, I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host, and I want to welcome you to Conversations from the C-Suite the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. And here we help women to develop strategies to achieve the results they desire in their business, their careers, and their lives. Because every woman needs a seat at the table. Every woman is the CEO of her life. And when she's the CEO of her life, not only can she create a table for herself, but she can create a table for her sisters. Conversations from the C-Suite is a power-packed hour that provides women a platform to share their business and career experiences because we know life doesn't end when we leave the office. We want to elevate mindsets and compel women to take action because CEOs don't wait for great things to happen. They make great things happen. And you know, the C-suite is where the decisions are made. And the C-suite of your life is where you are invoking the power of choice to create the life you desire and deserve. And of course, a CEO, chief executive officer, chief getting things done officer is the one who's responsible for deciding upon the direction, developing the strategy, building a great team, and then executing the goal. So you may be wondering, like, where are you on your journey to the C-suite? And you know, that you may be a CEO on the rise. You are someone who's just getting started. You've been thinking about this CEO business and you don't know quite where to go, where you're in the right place. We're going to give you some help. You may also be a CEO on the move. You've been making CEO moves for a while, but you're ready to take it to the next level still. And then finally, you may be a CEO. But here's the thing. Remember, even CEOs can take it higher and take it to the next level. So you want to make sure that wherever you are on your journey, you are committed to making the CEO moves. So here in the C-suite, we want you to feel something, 
learn something, but most of all, we want you to do something. This is more than just a conversation. We're equipping you to make CEO moves where you create circles of influence, you educate and empower yourself to elevate your life, and you operationalize what you learn to optimize your outcomes. So whether you report to a CEO or you are the CEO of your own business, you are the CEO of your life. So let's get ready to talk about some strategies that will help you to capitalize on your most powerful asset, the power of choice, the power to create extraordinary outcomes in your business and in your life. Now, I'm excited about tonight's topic because this is something that's really powerful. And if you've been following, you know that we have been on our Money Moves series. We've been talking about finances. We kicked this off with my dear friend, Umama Marzouk, who helped us to get in the CEO, CFO mindset. And we've had several conversations around finances. And by the way, to go and look at the previous episodes, you can go to csweetwomen.tv, csweetwomen.tv to catch the previous episodes. We We started this off with mental health wellness. Then we moved into financial wellness. And tonight we're going to finish up our series on finances. And we're going to talk about something that maybe a lot of us don't want to talk about. It may be something that's going on in our lives. It may be something that we witnessed growing up, and it may be something that's happening to our girlfriend right now. And so tonight we're going to talk about when fighting about money really hurts. You know, sometimes the financial behaviors and practices in a relationship are really financial abuse. Sometimes abuse in a relationship never lifts a hand, never raises a voice or hurls an insult. But financial abuse is just as devastating as physical and mental abuse. And it's often the silent fight that could be destroying your life or the life of someone you know and love. So I'm excited to bring an awesome powerhouse CEO to the stage who is going to help us learn more about the signs of financial abuse, and more importantly, what we can do to combat this fatal fighter. So I am excited to have my soror, very excited about that, uh, Dr. Cosette White. She is an acclaimed best-selling author, nationally recognized finance and tax strategist, international speaker, and philanthropist. I mean, philanthropist. I knew that at some point my little issues here were going to mess me up. (laughs) Philanthropist. I do know how to speak. (laughs) She has been coined the financial physician as a result of her unparalleled ability to empower her clients to ditch debt and develop a plan to create the kind of wealth that leaves a secure financial legacy. She has more than 20 years of experience in corporate America from a broad range of financial, operational, strategic, and executive leadership issues impacting an organization. She's the founder and CEO of My Financial Home Enterprises, a global financial consultancy firm that provides comprehensive accounting, tax, and financial management services for businesses and individuals. She has, of course, her master's of business administration from the University of Laverne and her master of science degree in accounting from California State University, Dominguez Hills. And she was later awarded an honorary doctorate degree. And as I mentioned, she's my soror, a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And she has presented to our sisters worldwide at our international meetings. She's a member of the National Association of Black Accountants. And y'all, I could go on and on and on, but I won't because I want to bring Dr. White to the stage so she can share her CEO moves with us. So I want all of you to join me in welcoming Dr. Cosette White to the C-suite. Hey. Hey. 
Hey, how are you, Dr. Stephanie? Oh, my goodness. I'm just happy to be here, Jesus. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> like right about me, too. I'm just happy to be here. Feeling a little better today, but um, yeah. Yeah. thank you so much for that introduction. It was it was, it was was so nice. You know, it's funny when we hear this, see all these accolades about ourselves. We're like, is that really me? <laughs> it is. It is. And that's one great thing about here in the C-suite, you know, we are powerhouses and we can be proud of it. So as, as we always do with, I guess, I want to start with asking you the who, the what, and the why. Tell us who the real Dr. Cosette White is, what it is that you do. We've heard about your accolades, but tell us what it is that you do. And then why do you make CEO moves? Oh, sure. I love it. I love it. So let me give you guys the real who is Cosette. I am a mom. I am a sister. I am a granddaughter. I am all of that. I am a woman of God. And in my spare time, when I'm not working, when I'm not traveling, when I'm not making all these CEO moves, <laughs> I'm either somewhere on the beach, because I live in sunny Southern California, we can do that practically 365 days out of the year, practically. <laughs> But yeah. somewhere just enjoying, you know, whether it's at a sporting event, spending time with family. Um, I really do love to read. So that those are some of the things that you can catch me doing when I'm not making all these CEO moves. I'm also, you all, just so you know, the executive director of a nonprofit organization. And we give back. We give back to the community. We give back to our young women and our young men, but mainly our young women. Um, brown and black, we give scholarships to the young ladies that are going away to uh, four-year universities. The um, organization is Achieving My Dreams Foundation. So that's what I love to do. I love it. I love I love traveling, you all. I love traveling. Um, some things you all don't know about me, only if you like, you know, my, my, my girlfriend, girlfriend, or you hang around with me all the time. I love red vines. And um, yeah. It's like a addiction, but I love my red vines. Yeah. And um, I just love making CEO moves because I, I stayed in corporate America, you all, for a good length of time. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I had the skill set. I knew that I wanted more. And I knew that everything I learned at corporate, that I needed to take it and stop, um, you know, being at the glass ceiling. I wanted to make more. I wanted to do more. I wanted more freedom, more flexibility. Um, my grandma is sick, and I just wanted to spend more time with her. Mm -hmm. She's 99. Let's let's face it. Wow. So I just wanted a different change of life. Yes, amen. 99. Believe it or not, in a couple of months, she'll be 100, you all. Let's keep our fingers up. That but is awesome. I wanted more, and not just for me, but I love giving back to the community, and I love seeing others excel. I love I love it when others who really, really want something, they get it mm -hmm. and they just run with it. And, and just putting a smile on their face puts a smile on my face and a smile on my heart. You know, so that's me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, it is uh, truly great to be able to, again, create the life you desire and deserve. Because, you know, in corporate America, I know that you were doing well and and you know from a financial and a career perspective but there's always more and it's it's it takes a lot of courage and it takes you know planning and strategy and execution to be able to say you know what i want more but not only do i want more i'm going to go out and get more so of course i want to congratulate you on making that ceo move and actually beginning your own company and it has enabled you to do a lot more things in the community and to do what you want including spending time with your awesome grandma that is just so wonderful yes. that yes. she's 99 is it is about to be a centenarian i said that incorrectly on another facebook live i did the other day i couldn't remember how to say centenarian but anyway someone who has gotten to be a hundred years old there's always redemption there's always opportunities <laughs> for improvement but but you know we've got a, a a very powerful topic that we want to talk about tonight but it may be something that a lot of people you know don't want to think about or may not even know they're in that situation and may not even know that you know what's going on with them or someone that they know 
is financial abuse. And yeah. so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, this is, of course, the month of October, Domestic, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so I, I find it just incredibly uh, powerful that we get to end our, relate, our financial series tonight with this topic of financial abuse. And next week, we're going to begin our relationship series. And we're actually going to have a domestic violence survivor uh, who is going to start that conversation off. So we're going to make those CEO moves because we want to create those circles of influence, empower and, and educate ourselves so that we can elevate our lives. And we want to take what we learn to operationalize. So you know, it is it is always a privilege to know and be among um, survivors of domestic violence because it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. It takes, you know, a, a lot of uh, just self-belief, self-love to break those chains and be able to get out of those situations. So I just wanted to just turn it over to you and, and just get you to just tell us, girl, what is financial abuse? What is it and what do we need to be looking out for? All right. You know, financial abuse can be a number of different things. And I think the main thing when we say financial abuse, a lot of people wear those blinders. Mm -hmm. But it happens day in and day out in so many relationships until um, you, the woman and or the man, sometimes they just don't realize it. But financial abuse is when the opposite person is, not allowing you to have access to the funds. Mm -hmm. They're using you to say, if you want this, then you have to do this. Mm -hmm. So it, it happens in a lot of different mechanisms. I am, I am a survivor of domestic violence. Um, the financial abuse was not there, but as a result of everything that happened, I ended up in financial, with financial uh, problems. Mm -hmm. But it can happen to any walk, any life. It just is day in, day out. It's someone that is withholding money. They're mm -hmm. not allowing you access to the checking account. They're not allowing you access to the debit card. They're not allowing you access to anything. They are manipulating you. They are controlling you with the funds and using it to their advantage so that you don't, you don't get ahead of them. <laughs> right. right. And, you know, because I, um, you know, in getting ready for for tonight and and just kind of some things that I've looked at uh, recently, just about this topic of, of financial abuse. You know, one of the things I thought um, was just, wow, you know, what's the difference between financial abuse and just bad financial practices? So, you know, if there's someone in the relationship, because in a lot of relationships, you may have only one party who kind of handles the funds. They handle all the finances, get all the bills paid, and kind of that's their responsibility. Um, and of course, that lead, that that's a lot of power in and of itself. But when is it just kind of like poor financial habits as opposed to just outright financial abuse? How do you know the difference? Well, I'm going to give you a good example. Poor financial habits. And this is um, someone near and dear to me, the husband and wife. Um, the wife has the poor financial habits. And I think she's abusing the situation. Mm. She constantly hides money from the husband. Or she'll go in and spend money, their money, and not tell him. And then when things need to be paid or when the account is short, it's like, I don't know. So that's abusing and that's lack of communication. Now, there's the other abuse that we know that's just blatantly. Mm -hmm. I'm controlling everything. I'm in control of it. I'm I have all the power. I have all the say so. Mm -hmm. No, you can't go to your mom's house. I'm not going to give you one hundred dollars for the weekend or I'm only allowing you one hundred dollars for the month, the week. That's pure control. That's power. Someone yeah. saying, I'm not going to allow you. Yeah. But um, people find themselves in it and they don't know how to find them way their way out of it, which is the sad part about it. When we talk about financial abuse, the numbers are high. The numbers are really high. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I'll let you go. Go ahead. Now, so, so just in terms of like some of the, the, the situations you've seen in your career, as well as perhaps in your personal interactions, you know, is this a situation where it's a stay at home mom or or a 
a uh, spouse who, you know, makes more, you know, what's, what's kind of the, the, what do you call the avatar, if you will, for how financial abuse, you know, arises in a relationship or is there one or are there several? There are several, but what you typically see are the stay at home moms where the husband is usually um, some type of high corporate executive or just the individual that's out there mm -hmm. holding down, managing the home and uh, not allowing his spouse. Or it could be the reverse opposite, because, as you know, women are breadwinners in the household now mm -hmm. and abuse does happen to men. If you do some studies, if you do some research, you will find that men are abused just as women are abused. Mm -hmm. But it's usually the high earned wage earned, you know, whether it be male or female and the stay at home mom. Or it is also just that high executive where they both have are wage earners and one makes a significant more than the other one. Mm -hmm. So that's where you usually are going to find the comparison. But um, and it's a power thing. It's, it's all about power. Yeah. So um, I've seen it in, in all spectrum. So not just one or the other, but it is usually I see it in the one that is the, the wage earner. And usually some of the characteristics that I find in the one that's not working, very timid, very shy, very withdrawn, um, you know, will not hold the conversation. It's usually the other person that's more dominant, hold the conversation because they're afraid mm -hmm. um, of they're afraid, bottom line. Right, right. And, you know, because um, you run into this quite often uh, and probably to a to a lesser extent, as you said, is, is more women are becoming breadwinners for the household or at least are in the marketplace, in the workplace themselves. You know, but a lot of times people will go into a relationship and just kind of uh, refuse to deal with the money. They, they just kind of assign it all to one partner. And then they, you know, just, they don't really, they don't ask questions, you know? So, you know, what are some things that like a woman or man uh, who's in a relationship can do to make sure that even if they're not the ones, because it does make sense to divide responsibilities, uh, but it, it does need to be some type of joint um, communication, joint responsibility right. for the household finances. But like, what are some questions and things that, women uh, in particular need to do to protect themselves to make sure that to know one the difference between okay my my husband or my significant other is very frugal and that's why you know the money is divided out this way or, or divvied out this way uh as opposed to wow you know what i'm being manipulated and uh taken advantage of right right i think first of all it starts when you're dating those are all questions that need to come out uh, come out and in, in, in the opening, in the beginning. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, a person will, um, we need to listen when a person talks about themselves and they're going to tell who they are. But you need to ask questions about what was your spending like when you grew up? Who, you know, if they came from a mom and dad or, you know, parents that are still together, what was it like growing up? Who handled the expenses? Did your parents handle them together? Did they handle them separate? Are you a spender? Are you a saver? You know, you will know these types of things when you're date in that dating phase. If that individual is a spender, constantly out there splurging, just doing things and mainly selfish things for himself or herself and maybe not sharing or bringing you in. But you need to ask those types of questions early on. What's your credit like? Yeah. You know, all of those things are telltale signs. But when when two people become one, when they say I do and they marry, I strongly believe that there should be one account. There mm -hmm. needs to be a joint account. And both individuals need to have access to the account, need yeah. to be able to pull money in, needs to be pulling money out, need to know what's going on in the account. I personally don't believe there's always a strong, um, a weak and a strong mm -hmm. that stronger person is great at managing the finances. That's great. But I don't believe that in a marriage, it should be one sided. Mm -hmm. The other party should have some role, 
Some say so. They should alter the way that they manage the money. Maybe this quarter he'll do it. Next quarter she'll do it. Or this year he'll do it. Next year she'll do it. And they sit down and have family night, have a date night where it's just talking about finance, maybe an hour, whatever the case may be. Then if he wants to have his fun account and she wants to have her fun account, so it may be. But that way, that joint account, they know what's going on. There's no hiding. There's no control. There's no manipulation. There's no one being the power player in the in the relationship and saying, no, you can't see what's over here. But that date night once a month will allow them to build that communication um, talk about their savings, talk about their retirement, talk about their planning, talk about their future as, as it relates to money mm-hmm. um, so that there's no hidden agenda, no <laughs> whatsoever hidden agenda. But those accounts that are separate, you can do whatever you want because we've come to meeting of the mind to say, okay, Stephanie, you could take this amount of money of your check and put it over here and you could take this and put it over here. But right, right. it got to be joint. Mm-hmm. It's, it's we, not I. And yeah, it's the yeah. same with the money. It's us. It's we. Now, if 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 he comes to the table with some jacked up credit or some bad <laughs> some things from the past, some baggage, then right. that's something that we will have a separate conversation on and deal with that separately. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't want to put everything together, but there needs to be some conversation so that there's no hidden agenda. No one feels abused. No one feels like, oh, he took the money and went and gambled or he took the money and had. I have a couple that has a, um, the husband has a problem with shoes. He has 200 pairs of shoes. They, oh my live God. Apartment, they live in an apartment and they, he has to have a storage facility for the shoes. So, oh my um, God. yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um that's so let, me, so let me ask you this. So like in a situation like that, mm-hmm. is that like addiction? Is that like so like you know, what's the line between someone with a shopping addiction? They truly have a shopping problem, financial problem, they're using finances or or shopping as a proxy for whatever emotional issues or whatever that they're dealing with, and somebody who is abusing the situation or is it one and the same or is it just kind of like different degrees of 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 financial practices no usually the financial abuse is usually someone has a deep-rooted problem going on has a deep-rooted problem going on and um it stems from childhood or it stems from something that has happened in their life Mm -hmm. and they're playing it out by going shopping and then that shopping becomes an addiction. Mm-hmm. You may find, and it's women do it all the time. They're in the mall buying handbags. Mm-hmm. They're in the mall buying shoes. And then come Monday or the following week, they're depressed. Why? Because they went out and spent the unnecessary, um, budgeted money, and they didn't plan for it. So, a lot of times, it is an addiction. You know, drug anonymous or alcohol anonymous. It's shopping anonymous as well, people that have those addictions. Um, and again, what I see, they find themselves in financial trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not until they really say, oh, I really need some help. They hit mm-hmm. rock bottom. Maybe they lost their car. Maybe mm-hmm. they're in foreclosure. Whatever the case may be, may be. it's not until they really say, I got to get some help. Mm-hmm. When they lose it all when they lose it all. So the addiction, what I see is just, it's out of control shopping behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have those Stephanie that say, I didn't have anything when I grew up. Mm-hmm. And so now I, I'm making a little bit more money. I'm making some money. I want to do what I want to do. And then they find themselves out there constantly spending, constantly splurging. Mm-hmm. And then they're broke. Yeah, they're they're they're. It's an addiction as well. Mm-hmm. But they don't look at it as, as an addiction. They just look at it as I'm out shopping. Right. Bills pile up. They still never admit to the fact that I have a problem. I'm out constantly shopping. Mm-hmm. I find one person that comes in here that says I have a problem. 
what I find people come in here and say is, I need to get my funds under control. I need to get my money tight. I need to get it right. But I, what I want to say to everyone and you, everyone that's listening, habits aren't formed overnight. Mm -hmm. So the problem that you have with your money, it's not going to unwind overnight. You have to consciously be there with your mind, consciously, really effortless effort, making the effort to say, I have to change. I have to do something different. If I'm not going to change, then I'm going to continue getting what I what I got. And mm -hmm. I am so serious. When I was in that predicament, when I was in that situation through the divorce, losing mm -hmm. it all, going down from what I call struggle, struggle road, getting back into a better life. I had to mentally change how I felt about my money, mm -hmm. how I appreciated how I worked to get the money. Mm -hmm. and I had to respect the money. Right. And once I started making that mental mind shift, I got really happy, really enthused about the money accumulating, the money growing, the compound interest. I used to love going to, and I still do, but I love going to the bank, just seeing the balance grow, grow, grow. Right. So it really starts here. Yeah. But whether it's the mental abuse, whether mm -hmm. it's addiction, it all starts right here. It all starts right here in our head, you all. Yes. Well, that's that's a very great uh, point about, you know, having uh, uh, um, understanding your relationship with money and understanding your financial mindset, because just like anything else, you know, we you're not going to change anything until you acknowledge that there is something to change, whether there is addiction or whether you are in a truly true in a true situation where you're being financially abused, meaning that you may have a desire to know more, a desire to have a greater access to your money, but it is being denied in a power struggle. And, you know, I, I, when I told you, I was kind of, you know, doing some research and just happened to listen to a podcast um, earlier this week, as a matter of fact, or no, last week, earlier last week about financial abuse and, you know, I was expecting to it to always be some kind of menacing situation where, you know, with somebody, you know, that is much in, in as it is in many domestic violence situations or domestic abuse situations where it's, um, you know, it's very malicious, it's very obvious, it's very um, malignant even. But, um, you know, in, in listening to some of the stories that women shared in that situation, in many instances, it wasn't even malicious and seemed like, you know, the spouse that was controlling the money was looking out for everybody's good. When in fact, what he was doing was, you know, he'd always say there's not enough money for this. There's not enough money for that. But when, when she began to take a very closer look at things, you know, he never did it in a menacing way and never made her feel, um, deprived or made her feel threatened but one of the things that she began to notice is that never whenever she asked for money that had anything to do with what she wanted there was not enough money yet everything he wanted to do there was money for right. everything and so that that's something that i think is uh um you know a really good um thing for us to recognize is that financial abuse is not always coming from somebody who is threatening us. It's right. not always coupled with the actual violence or or mental abuse, but it can it is simply when someone has power over the money and they use it to manipulate the other person, however benign they approach it or not. Exactly. And you know, when we talk about the uh, financial abuse, we also talk about the domestic violence as well. Um, you know, it can almost go hand in hand because when you have a domestic violence and when you have your partner over here that has the financial struggle, that's why, you know, people ask, well, why did you stay in it? I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the finances to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And I was threatened. I was this. He mm -hmm. controlled the money. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. then you find the women or men staying in the situation a lot longer because either they're threatened, mm -hmm. they don't have anywhere to go, and they just, they live in it until something just breaks and then they get right. out of it. 
Right. Because that's, you know, uh, you hit on a point that really underscored my reason for wanting to do this series on finances, because, you know, I found that, you know, just in my own personal journey, you know, women I've known that on a number of scales, money plays a big role in whether or not they do or don't do things. Sometimes it's just as simple as I, I can't leave my job I hate and start my own business because I've not managed my finances well and I don't have enough money to do it all the way to the situation that you've described where I'm in a I'm in a violent relationship that's harmful to me and sometimes in many cases harmful to my children and I can't leave because I don't have the money to be able to take care of myself and and you know when women find themselves in that situation you know regardless you know, it, it deprives them of the ability to live an extraordinary life, you know, to have the life they truly desire and deserve, which is why it's so important for us to make money moves yeah. if we want to be CEOs, because no successful CEO is successful unless they have a great treasury. You know, they've wow. got to have money. That that spreadsheet has got to be in the black. They've got to have that, that profit margin. They've got to have, have the money and right. able to do the things they want to do because we have to be honest with ourselves right. and just face the reality is that it takes money to make money. It takes money to do, to, to expand your life. And while certainly you could be joyful without money or joyful, you know, money doesn't bring you joy. I'll say it like right. that. Money doesn't bring you joy, but money is an instrument that you need in order to, to build a business, to expand your business, or even just to do simple things right. uh, that will improve the quality of life for your family. So, you know, I don't want to turn it into a diatribe, but right. that's why, you know, this, this series on making money moves is so important because a lot of times, you know, we are better, women are better consumers than yeah. we are producers. Right. I know. And I, I just, you know, put put speak for myself. You know, I have been a better consumer over the course of my career than I have been a producer. And it's only in the last few years where I have really become aware of the harm that I've created for myself and for my family because of my spending habits, because of my consumerism, mm -hmm. as opposed to being a producer. Mm -hmm. And so now that I know better, gotta do, gotta do better. But one thing that I want to say to the those that are out there listening that may be in a financial abusive relationship, and I gotta put this out there. This is, I'm gonna say it like this: you don't have to stay in that abusive relationship, mm -hmm. financial abusive relationship. There are centers out there where you can get help. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, churches, there's plenty of places where you can go, nonprofit organizations where you can go and get help if you really want to get out of the situation. I yeah. didn't want to stay in my situation. Mm -hmm. that's, not, that's not how I was made to be. That's not how I was raised. That's not how I wanted my children to grow up in mm -hmm. that lifestyle. So I had to break loose. And in breaking loose, it was like, um, you know, a cape just came off and and. I just, the, the me, the true me just blossomed yeah. and a lot came out as a result of me breaking loose from mm -hmm. that physical abuse mm -hmm. relationship. Um, so just know that to all the women that are out there listening, that you don't really have to stay in that type of relationship. And even if you have to start over, it's mm -hmm. okay to start over because yeah. I guarantee you when you do, life will be so much better on the other side. And who knows? That CEO opportunity is there waiting for you. There's so much more on the other side of the fence that's waiting for you that you can just take opportunity of you all. Seriously, seriously. So so let's talk about, you know, you know, the actual decision to do something about the, the abuse. And in your situation, it was domestic violence which uh, ultimately, you know, when you did decide to leave, you know, had some financial repercussions for you, but like, how, how does, when they, I'll put it like this, when a woman does make the decision, you know what, this is not the life I deserve. This is not what, how it was meant to be. What is her next step? 
Um, and I, I'm gonna share this right quickly as, as a as a reason for kind of asking it in this way. I was at in the um, a, a business breakfast a couple of weeks ago, and one of the young ladies who has a nonprofit that helps women in domestic violence situations to start their lives over helps them with placement and, and does a whole bunch of things that that helps them on that journey. But one of the things that she shared was when she made the decision that she was going to leave the abusive relationship, she told her husband as they were driving down 85 in Atlanta and because of his pathological issues, you know, he responded in a violent way and 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 ran uh, through her out of the car, ran over. I mean, it was just a whole bunch of violent things that happened when she announced that decision. So, and one of the things she shared is that's not the way to go about it. Um, but, you know, realistically, you know, for the woman who has figured out, you know what, I'm being financially abused. I'm being denied access to, to funds. I can't do anything for myself or for my children because you know he is controlling the money how does when she makes a decision that she wants to change what is the the next step that doesn't put her in um in jeopardy doesn't put her in um in harm's way and allows her to be able to, to I, I, think, I think really realistically I don't know if there is a good way or bad way or any way to leave a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I think the abuser is always going to attack the other person. Mm -hmm. Always, whether it be in that moment, whether it be days later, whether it be a year later, it's um, because you're putting them down. You are, um, you're leaving them basically and they can't take that mentally. Mm -hmm. So, just as your friend or just as your uh your acquaintance said he exploded mm -hmm. the same thing happened here was the explosive mm -hmm. he exploded but i think mentally we have to already have a game plan of if i leave this note on the bathroom mirror what's the next step how mm -hmm. am i going to get out of it so you mm -hmm. have to put that game plan together before before you make that you know, that decision to say, I'm out, I need you to leave. Yeah. So that next step would be to make sure in this particular situation, make sure you have some place lined up to go. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have family that's um, out there and that's there to support you. Mm -hmm. Once you have all of those things covered, then it's time for you to really start getting your life financially in order. If mm -hmm. you've come to the conclusion and you are ready to admit, I have a problem, I need to get my finances back in order, that's step number one. Mm -hmm. Step number two would be, then you need to start getting um, some counseling. Mm -hmm. You need to start mm -hmm. speaking with someone that can help you. You need to start looking at your credit. You need to really understand who you are, what's your spending personality, what triggers you to buy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What what sets you off? Set it off. What sets it off for you? Yeah. Is it an argument? Is mm -hmm. it something that happens at the job? Is it the kids crying? What triggers you to leave or sit on the internet and do some internet shopping or go to the mall, get those shoes? What triggers you to go spending? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once you have all that in order, then you need to decide, let me put together a livable budget. Mm -hmm. okay, my credit is messed up. Let me put together a livable budget, something that I can do, some, uh, 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 nav navigate where my money is going. Mm -hmm. You get to the point where you're like, I'm always in the red every month. Then you need to decide where can I have some extra income coming in? Maybe the kids are young and maybe you don't have a lot of time to do any extra things. Women, you have to be creative. You have to think outside the box. Yeah. Where can I make money? Money is out there to be made. Whether you log, whether you, you you take the skill set that you know on that JLB mm -hmm. and you transform that into your your side gig to start generating money. I don't mm -hmm. care what that looks like. <laughs> I can give you a whole bunch of things, but we don't have time right now. And I'm sure Stephanie can give you a, a list of things that you can do to generate income to help support the family. Mm -hmm. From there, Stephanie, 
I have to start looking at my life insurance. I have to start looking at retirement. I have to start looking at a living trust. I have to start looking at the will. I have to look at where do I want to go? Where am I going to drive? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of this sounds like, oh, I just can't do this. I have too much on my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you should do it all at once. I'm saying make sure that you look at all of these things because once you've gone from that relationship, that abusive relationship, financially, mentally, verbally, whatever the abuse, and you're out there on your own, these are all the things that you need to do to begin to set yourself up for success and to begin and get back on track with your finances. If you don't, you got to admit, you got to, you know, figure out what triggers you. And then you got to put together a plan, a plan. Yeah. And we tell you that all the time. And you can put together the plan all you want, you all, but you need to execute it. Yeah. You need to monitor it. You need to review it. And you need to inspect what you expect. Ah, you yeah. need to inspect what you expect. So if you expect to start getting out of the red, you have to inspect where is your money going? What are you doing? Are you being a steward to it? Are you appreciating it? You work hard for the dollar. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. <laughs> right. That's right. You know, because um, you have, have, have made some very important points about, you know, the fact that when you make the decision that you want to get out of a financially abusive relationship, it takes a plan. It's not something that you just do, even though you may make the decision. All right, I'm ready. It's still something that you need to, to plan for and and make sure that you partner with uh, someone such as yourself, a financial advisor who can help you figure out what you need to figure out. Because that's that's what we do a lot of times as, as, as women CEOs in particular. We think that we need to be the COO, the chief of a, a COE, rather the chief of everything. Right. You know, <laughs> we think we need to do everything. And the fact is, remember, a CEO works with a team. So this right. is all about making those CEO moves, educating yourself about what are the signs. The signs are essentially you don't have access to your money, whether you are a stay at home uh, spouse or whether you are working yourself. When you don't have access and freedom to be able to make money decisions for yourself as part of the relationship, that is financial abuse of some kind. And you just need to be honest about it and recognize it for that. And, and also recognize the long term harm that it has for you, as well as if you have children for your children. So get a plan together, you know, assess, you know, what is the problem? Assess, you know, where are you realistically? You know, what's your credit score? What are your financial needs? What are your financial spending habits? And then you work with someone that helps you to turn things around, to get your credit score back up, to make sure that you're still planning for your retirement and your estate planning, which is your will and your living trust or, or, or living will, advanced healthcare directive. It's called different things when, depending on which, which state you're in. But it's all about taking care of business because you're a CEO, which means you need to be taking care of business. Right. right. And another thing that I just want to just here. The CEO. Here, Echo. There are times when the woman who is the breadwinner who is the ceo of her organization reverse reverse um engineering she's being abused right with someone who's for lack of better words you know not doing anything right but he's sitting there and he's using her so to speak and right. she's allowing it mm -hmm. that's reverse engineering she's being abused yeah. being taken advantage of right. <laughs> but abused right. And she's not really realizing it, but she's the breadwinner. Um, and here she is. She has this person that's abusing her as well. And she has on blinders and not really being um, right. true to herself and not and not really just she doesn't. She's not being true to herself. She's being abused. Right. So that, that happens in the reverse as well, women. And I know that there's some of you out there that may be listening that maybe it resonates with you. Maybe you need to inspect what you expect. Right. Because, you know, abuse comes in different forms. And then the other thing, too, 
is recognizing when you're the abuser, when yeah. you're the abuser, when you are using money to manipulate your spouse. Because, you know, I, when I started thinking about this, I really had to do a lot of introspection to just look at kind of my practices because, you know, in my previous marriage, you know, I took care of all the finances. And while I wasn't purposefully trying to hide things and purposely trying to keep money, I did not do a good job with managing it because of my shopping addiction, you know? So I had to really think about, well, wow, was that abusive or was that just jacked up financial practices? And perhaps there's a thin line between the two, but the point is to be honest with yourself and recognize that when you've been given stewardship mm -hmm. over the finances in your relationship, are you being a good steward? Are you being a good steward to yourself? And are you being a good steward to the other person? Right. And to, to recognize, you know, are you um, crossing the line to where you're just not, it's, it's more than just bad spending habits, bad financial practices, but you're actually intentionally right. manipulating the other person. And I think intent is a whole big part of it in terms of whether it's abuse or at the end of the day, it's six or half a dozen because you jacked up the jacking up the money and the person doesn't have access to it. But I think intent is really important for us to be honest about. Right. And you would have to ask yourself, like, why are you doing that to him or her? Why? What's the reason? You know, so um, but but it goes on every day, all day on um, a lot of different spectrum spec spec, you know, I'm trying to say. So it just it goes on, yeah. <laughs> a lot of different ends of the spectrum. See, we're working with each other. <laughs> so yeah, um, but but if you find yourself in that situation, you know, the hardest thing is breaking loose from it. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the hardest thing. But I will say this, once you are fed up, you will break away from it. And once you make the decision to leave, you need to have that plan mm -hmm. because you don't want to, to, to throw threats of I'm leaving and, and then you don't leave, right. it'll get worse. Right. It, it right. just compounds the situation. Right. Because it's all about making power moves and power moves are built on strategy, plan, execution you know if you really want to think about you know how you make a power move you know it's about making those ceo moves having a circle of influence somebody that you can count on people because leaving an abusive relationship is not something you do by yourself you need resources whether it's your loved ones or sometimes your loved ones are complicit uh so sometimes it has to be you know um people who are in in the community who are going to help you. So you got to have your circles of influence. You got to educate and empower yourself. So you know what you need to do. You know what you don't know and you know what you need to learn. And then you operationalize it. You act on it. So, so we're getting, getting close to the end of the hour, but I did not want to end this without talking about your book, because I know that you have just recently released a book. So why don't you tell us, about your book and where we can get a copy of it and just tell us about uh, why we need to go out and get it. Absolutely. So the book is, is perfect for what we're talking about. It's unveiling the math, you all. And it is my story of being in an abusive relationship that had drugs and domestic violence. And I'm talking about the black eyes, the bruises, all of that, and how I was in corporate America um, and how I lost my job and how I lost everything and how I had to rebound. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've walked in the shoes that some of you may be um, walking in right now, or maybe you've walked in the shoes, but I tell you guys from a practical standpoint of how I was able to rebound. I give you steps for how to rebound, not if you were in a abusive relationship, but just anything that um, may have harmed you financially in life? What are some of the things that you need to do to get back on track? And I mentioned them early. Admit, find out what your personality is, your, how, what, what triggers you to spend. Put a roadmap together, a spending roadmap. Look at if you have some extra income. If you don't, what can you do to rebound? Look mm -hmm. at getting that credit together. What do you need to do to get that credit score back up so that you can get a, um, another home or a home, get a car and not pay the enormous interest rates, um, you know, the help, 
Mm -hmm. Where to go if you need additional help? Where to go if you need to get counseling? Where to go for all of these? These are the things that I talk about in the book from a real life situation, which was my life. Um, I laid it out. Um, it was not something that I wanted to do, you all, but it was time for me to tell my story to the world. So the book is, I'm going to hold it up right here. It is Unveiling the Mask. And um, you all can pick it up at Amazon.com. Again, it's Unveiling the Mask. Just type that in. And you can also head over to the website if you want an autograph copy. The website is www.unveilingthemask.com. All right. So, you know, I, I just want to commend you because you like you say it's not a story that you necessarily wanted to tell you didn't want to necessarily talk about it but it takes a lot of courage to share your story and it gives you know you so much power much more power over it because it's not a secret anymore it's not something that you have to hide and i just want to thank you for sharing your message and sharing your story because there is a woman there's more than just one but there's you know there's a woman who needed to hear what you have to say or what you had to say and what you've shared in your book so i just want to thank you for that and just commend you for it and just celebrate you for having a story to tell and being able to tell your story and having the strength and courage to do so so i just want to thank you you are welcome i appreciate it you, you for all of you that are listening you just don't know i was just really just relieved when I told my story, because when I got on stage and when I would tell people, I never told the full story. But once I did, not only did I feel good, but I felt like I was helping so many other women out there. And I've had so many women come to me and say, your story is my story. And I thought I was the only one. And I mean, the doors that have opened as a result of me just sharing my story, people are more open to come to me for help with their finances everything so um thank you so much i appreciate that stephanie right because you know it's um you know when you when you tell your story because I, I was just thinking about how you were talking about like the situations where you know women you know you go they go to work and everything seems perfect they're they they are in the c-suite they're making the ceo moves and making the power moves they got it all together but they go home at night and they're in an abusive situation and they're having to bear the pain and the burden of that alone. Right. You know, and it's, it's hard enough to do that, you know, when, you know, they're going through it, but, you know, still having to carry the memories of that and the, and the facade, if you will, the veil. Yes. I'm I've, I've always had it all together. So, <laughs> You know, it's it's very freeing, like you say, for you, but also freeing for others to say that, you know what, I'm just like you. I'm 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 the same woman that you are now. And you know, you can be, you know, who I am now, and that, you know, you've gotten yourself out of that situation. And not only have you gotten yourself out of that situation, you're not just a survivor, you're a thriver. You've gone above and beyond where you would have been before. So thank you so much again you're welcome thank you for having me here tonight yes well i'm so glad because let's see we met did we meet in miami that was the first time actually we met um no no we met in las vegas las vegas that's right it was las yes. vegas oh, and then again in miami because yes. i trying to remember which i i because it was the same uh affiliated event and i was yes. trying to remember uh, you know when yeah so that's right because we met for the first time in las vegas right and, and, and in then miami. again in in miami um we were both um sharing the the platform right yeah. right awesome. awesome well you know it's always so great to make connections yeah. and to keep connected because like like i said we met we were both speakers. Did you spoke in did you speak in las vegas or did were you just there i'm trying to you no, I did speak. yeah we were on the panel Right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Panel, and then after a while, yeah. After a while, you know, you do so many things. I'm trying to exactly. remember. Exactly, it's like you all over the place. <laughs> yeah, we were on the panel together in Las Vegas, and then in Miami, we were just speakers on the um on the same on, on that agenda. But um, but you know, we've been able to to keep in contact. We we learned that we're in the the first and finest sorority. Yeah. <laughs> 
Connection is key. Connection, collaboration, and networking is is it's your network. And right. the more you do it, the 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 more the better off you are. So I have found it to be the best thing that has happened to me in my business. So and I'm sure you can say the same thing. Here we are, full circle, and I'm sure it's not the end. It's not the end. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I am always glad, of course, to reconnect with you and glad to share your message and so happy to promote your your book because I was really excited when I began thinking about the concept for, you know, what I wanted to do with this series. And when I was going through, I was like, well, I've got to have, got to have Cosette on here. And it was perfect timing because you had your new book out. So um glad to- Domestic Violence Month. Yes, and Domestic yeah. Violence Month, because, yeah. you know, and I really, and it's so funny, you know, I really wasn't thinking about that initially. It, I was just kind of going through my list. I said, I'm going to reach out to Cosette. I've got this opening because I was trying to think about, you know, ending one and going into another. And it was perfect time. I was like, wow, this is this is actually also Domestic Violence Month. So it worked out perfectly. It was and, perfect on my end because I had just said that day, I need to start some uh, looking for some yeah. domestic violence. Um, things to speak to, speak for in the month of October, and you were the first one to hit me up, so it was great you connected with me. Yes, well, I appreciate you, and I do appreciate you persevering, and even though you weren't feeling well last night, you yeah. stuck it out, and you were able to make it tonight, so I'm glad, because last night, I probably would have been more chipmunky anyway. I would have had to sit, sit like this or something, I don't know. <laughs> But we would have made it through. So this, it, I, as I always say, even when work, life doesn't work the way you planned it, it always works the way it should. So I'm so glad that we were able to connect uh, tonight because this was such a powerful um, topic that I really wanted to share. And like I said, it segues perfectly into next episode where I will begin the relationship series. And I'm really excited about the guest that I have um, who will be talking about domestic violence and her survival, thrival. Thrival really isn't a word, but I like to use it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Because women need to see that even when they've been in those circumstances, that they can not only get out of them, but they can have even better lives than they had before. So again, I thank you for your story. I thank you for sharing it. Thank you for being in the C-suite tonight and looking forward to uh, to reconnecting again in the future. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you so much again, Sora. All right. And you continue to get well. <laughs> thank you so much. Were there, any, were there any other parting remarks that you wanted to make? I know we've shared about getting your book. Go to amazon.com, unveiling the mask. Was there any other contact information that you wanted to share with our audience before you I go? For the, for the audience, you all can reach me on all social media outlets. I'm on all of them at Cosette M. White. So easy to find Cosette M. White, LinkedIn. All right. Well, awesome. Again, thank you so much. Enjoy. Right. Thanks. Well, I just want to thank everyone so much for being with me tonight in the C-Suite. This Tonight's episode was brought to you by C-Suite Women's Network, where you can become the CEO of your life. C-Suite Women's Network offers professional and personal leadership development, strategic planning, and organizational and performance excellence strategies. The mission at C-Suite Women's Network is to help women be the CEOs of their lives, to use their education, experience, and influence to create the lives they desire and deserve. So become equipped better as a CEO in your life so that you can be a better CEO in your business. You can go over to www.discovertheceoinyou.com, www.discovertheceoinyou.com, to schedule your strategy session. So I just want to thank everyone for joining me here in the C-suite. We had a great conversation about financial abuse. And again, the whole point is to help you to make the CEO moves. We hope you felt something. We hope you learned something. But if this is something that's affecting you or someone you know, we hope 
you do something because it's not a, the power is not in the conversation, but what you do with what you learn. So make sure that you make those CEO moves. You create the circles of influence. You educate and empower yourself in order to be able to elevate you. And you operationalize what you learn so that you can optimize your outcome. Whether you report to a CEO or you are the CEO of your own company, you are the CEO of your life. And I want you to capitalize on your most powerful asset, the power of choice to create extraordinary outcomes in your business and your life. So until next time, thank you so much for joining Conversations from the C-Suite. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, and it has been my pleasure to have you here in the guide to the girlfriend's guide to the to being a CEO. So remember the power is not in the conversation, but in the CEO moves. Don't just talk about it, be about it, baby. Make sure that you act now, which is the best time to do what you know you need to do. But don't wait. Remember, weight broke the scales. Now is the best time to do it. Your life is a product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. I'm Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host for C Conversations from the C-Suite, the Girlfriend's Guide to Being a CEO. And I will see you in the C-Suite next time.